Welcome, everyone, to the Garnet Old Podcast. This is another season and hopefully a better one. Uh, we've made some improvements. Uh, I'm Ryan. That's Vince. Welcome aboard another season, a 2022 season with a lot of excitement and anticipation. How's it going, Vince? It's going well. Garnet and Old, season two. No inside info, no contacts, no problem. Uh, Ryan and I are both uh, tech guys, and we've been struggling, really struggling, trying to do this live thing. I know it's easy for a lot of you out there, but uh, we might get some glitches tonight. But hey, it's a scrimmage. The first game is not till Saturday. I also want to mention that although this video and live video coming on YouTube and Facebook is new, uh, we are still available on podcasts of all kinds. I mean, we're on Amazon, we're on Spotify, we're on Google, we're on Apple Podcasts, wherever you can get your podcasts, search Garden Old. Please like, subscribe. We would really appreciate it. Uh, and you'll you'll get the entire episode posted within a day after seeing the live video. Doing so it big really all over the world. Right? All our followers. Doing it big all over the world. That's what you want. All over to the say. world. That's the shortened version of what Ryan just said. I have cousins so as in, a, in uh, Afghanistan that are going to watch this. As it being our first episode, of course, I go to pull out all my equipment from last year and uh, could not locate. A microphone stand. So this is my microphone stand until uh, Amazon Prime delivers me a brand new one tomorrow. And it will show up uh, because there is a distribution center not too far from your house. That is correct. And I might have a little bit of uh, insider help too, you know. Don't want to give away who I work for, but uh, it's a prime place to work. So, Ryan, I think we should just kind of lay the groundwork here for people that maybe are joining us for the first time. Um, Ryan and I started this podcast last year, and uh, it came out of uh, the idea that we were already, you know, talking about Florida State all the time, just just the two of us. And literally someone next to us said we should start a podcast because we could not stop talking about it. So that's how this came about. Uh, we do not have any inside information. Well, that's not exactly true. We have a couple of inside info people um, and a couple of contacts, but nothing, you know, overtly significant with the football team. So, uh, but it's no, but it's no problem. We're going to talk hey, about who it. Knows, Vince? Regardless, with NIL, the future is bright. We could have all kinds of inside information if you guys start dropping us bags left and right. We could have a whole lot of inside info and a whole lot of contacts, and but that's a lot, you know, more money, more problems. With an NIL deal, Ryan, I think you would be able to get a microphone stand. It looks like we have a visitor uh, just came in the door behind you. It's either a spirit of Bobby Bowden or a cat. Or a cat. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, we haven't done a podcast for quite a while, uh, and... Um, we probably should just kind of wrap up what's happened since the last one uh, and just kind of give some thoughts on uh, the off season, uh, maybe recruiting that happened or, or didn't happen. <laughs> and, uh, and then maybe camp. What do you think, Ryan? That sounds great. I, I will say one thing, just talking big picture off season. Would you say it's the first season in a long time, where it just seems like everything's actually going mostly according to plan? Um, I think, uh, yeah, I mean, because I think you expect to have 
some injuries here and there. You don't know where they're going to come from, so, but you expect to have an injury or two. So, so you could say that that's according to plan. You don't want it to happen, but um, you know, the consistency of, of the staff, uh, most of the staff coming back, um, you know, I, I think what you're seeing is finally some, some more accelerated momentum uh, from the off season going into the season. So that's what we're hoping to see. But yeah. Yeah, the good news, uh, just overall looking at camp big picture wise, it just seemed like everything was uh, actually running like we were installing from almost day one. We weren't teaching fundamentals. We weren't going back and starting over from scratch and none of these players knew what they were doing. No, this time they've been here. A lot of them have been here for now a year or two years. They know Mike Norvell, even though Kenny Dillingham now has moved on to Oregon. Uh, they know the offense. The offense is not changing. Mike Norvell was calling the offense anyways, even when Kenny Dillingham was still here. Uh, so that hasn't changed. The defense coordinator hasn't changed. So pretty much within a few days of reporting to camp, they were already running 11-on-11s, going full speed. Uh, the only people that probably had a little bit of a time getting a hold of things is the obviously the new incoming freshman class and then maybe some of the transfers that weren't here in the spring but most of our impact transfers were here in the spring and and got acclimated to our system so i would say that's the biggest difference to me vince is just man practice reports day two day three we were installing we were we were actually getting plays in we weren't just conditioning and getting people used to a playbook this this is the beautiful thing about having a consistency of staff so um you know when you're saying that the freshmen came in and maybe they weren't picking up on it or whatever, but the fact of the matter is all these guys that have been around for three years, you know, they're helping, they're helping acclimate the new players a lot faster than a coach would be. And a coach is, has, to, you know, the, there's a lot more players than coaches is what I'm trying to say. So, um, so the players help that, help that along uh, so those folks can get acclimated to whatever it is, uh, whether it's playbook, whether it's, you know, just knowing where to be on the field. Uh, so, yeah, I, I, you know, all the reports, like you said, are that things are happening a lot faster. They're getting to things quicker uh, because they're not having to teach how to practice. And I just want to call out here uh, my buddy, Frank, listening watching uh that that uh that icon or that picture there is myself uh and frank when we were members of the marching chiefs so frank was the best man at my wedding i appreciate you frank being the first commenter here on our live and i do want to say even though we're we're kind of doing a preview show getting ready for the season getting ready for this weekend if any of you guys do have a comment or question, you know, pop it in the comment section. And if we uh, see it uh, and it's um, you know PG or, or uh, below, we will do our best to get to it. Please keep it. Uh, understand that this is going to be on a video broadcast, so please keep it uh, you know somewhat PG. Uh, but yeah, pop a question down there. We'll be happy to answer it. But yeah, going back to what you said, Vince, uh, the transfers. Let's get to the transfers. So. We're talking the Jared versus the Deuce bands, you know, the Johnny Wilsons, you know, these guys 
are not just players coming in to fill a depth chart. Some of them we might originally have thought that's what they were. But coming off of the practices, I will say, like, for instance, my number one impact player coming in to this team and possibly for the entire year is Johnny Wilson. So let's talk a little bit about him. Here's a guy that came in in spring. He's a massive dude. He's all of six foot seven. I mean, he is massive uh, body type similar to Kelvin, Bel- uh, Kelvin Benjamin um, can high point a ball. However, in spring, all I heard, all you heard was that struggle to catch the ball consistently. Well, now fast forward to the last three weeks, my man's going up and catching everything uh, contested balls, fighting for, for balls. And he is coming down with a lot of these. So he went from a nice addition that would take some time to develop a developmental player to a potential real impact on this team this year, this week. Yeah. I mean, the wide receiver room needed an overhaul for sure. Um, and, And so when you come in as a transfer, there's a reason, right? There's a reason why you're leaving the place that you were. Um, and maybe, you know, maybe it's just, you know, a new scenery can help you. Uh, but, I, you know, I'm not surprised that uh, any transfer really has some inconsistencies in the spring. I mean, they're getting used to, you know, a whole new life in a new place with new players and new coaches. And so, you know, their mind can't specifically be totally on football. So, you know, the more time they spend there, um, or, or the, lo- the longer they're in the program, the consistency can come through. So, uh, you know, y- you know me, Ryan, I'm not a, I'm not an alarmist. So when I hear about, you know, a brand new player, a freshman, um, a transfer, having some trouble within the first few weeks of them being with the team, uh, you know, how many of us have started a new job, you know, and totally, uh, you know, couldn't, couldn't get our act together for the first three, four, five weeks, right? It's the same kind of thing. In my my case. Well, I mean, yes, that is true. A lot of truth in that statement. Um, So, so yeah, so uh, Johnny Wilson, absolutely. Um, And uh, as far as the wide receiver room is concerned, you know, um, we thought, I mean, it was, it was the thought that, um, that uh, the wide receiver that got in the car accident, um, help me with his name, Ryan. Yes, uh, from West Virginia. Uh, it, you know, he gets in the car accident early on, um, in the spring, which is really, um, really disappointing because he was the guy that would come in right away and was supposed to contribute, maybe even be our number one receiver. And to have him, I mean, it's sad. I'm not going to say like it's not all about football. You know, obviously, I think that goes without saying that it's more important that he's okay. Uh, than playing football. Uh, the good news, though, is that if we are okay without him and then he comes back a few games in, which is what it sounds like, then you might have a room that's already doing well and then add a you know prime-time wide receiver to yeah, that's, that group. That's that's kind of what I was going to get at is that, you know, he came in and every, you know, every thought was that he was going to be the number one. Uh, and this team, desperate desperate need of a number one um possibly even yeah, winston, a number, winston possibly right even a number uh, two winston right had like something like 80 catches last year yeah so something he's insane. a proven college receiver right um and, and it's unfortunate that that happened to him and 
Um, you know, reports are that he's getting better, but it's still going to take a while for him to get back into game shape. Um, so, so having someone like John, Johnny Wilson, although not the same necessarily type of player, um, having someone else that you can count on, it, um, it wasn't, you know, I, I was, I'm looking to see the wide receiver room get appreciably better this year. And had Winston Wright been healthy, that would have absolutely happened. But when the car accident happened, maybe that appreciably isn't quite as high. Uh, but it's good to hear um, that uh, Johnny Wilson is doing better in camp. Um, so that's uh, that's thoughts, very uh, encouraging. Speaking of the wide receiver room, just to tie a bow on that, what are your thoughts so far uh, from what you're hearing in camp going into the season, Deuce Span and, and Micah Pittman? Um, catch a punt, don't lose yards, uh, you know, don't let the ball roll. I'm hearing, you know, great things. I mean, the things that the rest of the fans here are the same thing are the same things that Ryan and I hear, uh, is that, is that the return game is going to be better? Um, you know, Micah Pittman, again, it remains to be seen. I mean, there are reasons why people leave the school that they were at. Um, but, but I have, a heightened level of confidence for the room in general. And, uh, you know, if Pokey Wilson, you know, is your, is your second or third receiver, that's okay. I'll take that. Um, and so the excitement is there for the wide receiver room. I just think it would have been a little bit higher had Winston Wright not gotten hurt. Yeah. And I do want to just touch on Deuce Span. Here's a guy that comes in and, you know, a year ago was playing quarterback and now he comes in and my man is, you know, fresh. He's looking green early on, but now with that speed, that size, apparently he's making some noise. He's the player. uh, It's funny. Initially, my prediction was that Johnny Wilson was going to be the guy that I thought was going to be too raw to really contribute except for in the red zone. Do spans the guy. I think it's going to be that gadget player who um, the speed we get a couple go routes deep throughout the year. Um, I could see him catching five to six touchdowns. You know, I don't think he's going to light the world on fire, but I think he's going to be the player that gets you uh, those deep shot plays over the shoulder. Whereas I think Johnny Wilson's going to get you the first down. And I think Micah Pittman and Pokey Wilson are going to get those in between, you know, crossing post routes, things like that. The idea is we actually have a diversified wide receiver room, right? <laughs> which we, you know, for several years now, we really haven't had that. So, you know, we can actually look at a guy and say, okay, you are, you are a deep threat and you are an over the middle guy and you are a possession guy and you, you know, you're a, uh, you're a slot guy. So, so that's exciting to me. I, I've got a, got a couple comments here around. We got to throw them in. Yeah, let's do it. All right. Here's a good question from Frank. What will the defense look like this year? Will we ever get back to the aggressive man press? I'll let you go first with this, Ryan, and then I'll add my two Uh, cents. The defense will be better this year. I think actually it'll be equal to or better than the last four games of last season where we started to look competent. Do I think we're going to be a top 10 or even top 20 defense? No. Uh, To answer the second part of the question, man press, uh, I just don't think that's – necessarily adam fuller's bread and butter uh he runs a lot of zone concepts um 
especially if we have a really solid uh, D line. I could see the temptation to man press every play like Mickey Andrews style, right? Um, I'm not willing to be comfortable with man press until on game day, those corners are showing me that they can actually win the 50-50 balls. Right now in the last year, they've been in position and have not made the play. So often I'm more of a stick with the safer or just, you know, normal, just not conservative, not aggressive, you know, blitz with your, your defensive line. I'm, I'm not a big fan right now of sending any additional, you know, outside blitzes or anything. Cause I think we can get home with just the defensive line. And I would say, let's, let's, uh, let's use the clock to our advantage. Cause I think there's going to be a lot of close games this year. Yeah. I'll, I'll agree that the defense I think as a whole is going to be better specific individual individual um, positions may see a drop off. I mean, uh, Jermaine Johnson was a big hit, right? Um, but as a group, as a group, the, you know, the ends that are rushing the quarterback may do, may do as well as a group. Um, the linebacking, uh, the linebackers are definitely deeper and, um, you know, another year, under the belt. See, we have to remember that a lot of this pain we've been feeling has had to do with playing people way too early in their career. Um, but then you bring over Tatum uh, Bethune uh, mm-hmm. to solidify that room. Um, and then there's some, you know, additions to the defensive backs as well. Akeem Dent, who, who mm-hmm. is my player that I'm looking out for uh, as my player camp and player to, you know, to really take the next step. But, you know, to the question about man press, the defensive line has to be dominant. So you, um, so you don't have your, your corners, you know, having to cover guys for an, an obscene amount of time. Right. And so um, I think our defensive backs are as a whole better. I think our linebackers as a whole are better. I think our defensive line is deeper. Um, so I do believe uh, I do believe the defense will be better. Yeah, I think uh, if you try man press with a average to above average D-line, which I think we're probably above average, but I don't think we're elite. I don't think we're Clemson. Um, you end up with 2007 to 2009 Florida State defense where we uh, were man pressing, thinking we were playing the 1999 Florida State Seminoles on the field when we really we had you know not that <laughs> and you were getting burned a lot for deep touchdowns and a ton of yards so I think or you know, giving up a bunch of season. third and longs because you know we just can't cover long enough and because the line wasn't getting home right Tony Carter and Achuko Jenajay on the play all right I, I gotta throw this comment up this is this is a good one this is a good one so Melanie, Rojay wants to know where you find the time to know all this stuff. He said he can't remember. Well, uh, you know, Melanie, as as Rojay and myself get up in years, it's tough to remember things. Um, but I do consume a lot of uh, a lot of podcast talk and stuff about the team. Brian does too. Um, probably way too much for my own good. Um, but uh, but that's where that's why. Uh, driving to work or driving to the store, listen to a podcast um, and, and get and get the info 
that way. But uh, Melanie and Rojay, I'm looking forward to seeing you guys this season. Uh, hopefully, and for those who homecoming. know me, um, my, my dad, funny enough, if he watches this, says all the time, he's like, I don't know how uh, you can quote a a score from 2010. I'm like, listen, when you listen to like our my favorite podcasts, most of them have daily shows or at least multi week, you know, times a week shows. And there's like four or five of them that I listen to every week. So it's probably an unhealthy amount, maybe seven or eight a week that I listen to hour long podcasts. That's more than Um, and I also watch the condensed uh, when ESPN posts the condensed version, the 45 minute versions of the games. Yeah, I watch those on Sunday after our games. Um, So, I mean, if if you're really passionate about something in your life, whatever it is, if you're passionate about music, if you're passionate about your job, food, everyone has that thing that they can know everything about anyone asks them any question you're the expert it just so happens that Florida state football is that thing for me and and probably a thing for vince so it's easy for us to uh i guess regurgitate some old information just because we care a lot about it like more than most people should probably care oh man yeah uh you definitely consume more podcasts than me um and you even do it in the in the dregs of summer um i have to get away from it a little bit uh and and i'll you know and it's not always football for me you know i'm highly into the other sports as well but but i do have to get away from it a little bit but right now it's like i can't get enough information right now so yeah it's it's may and i'm like hey vince did you listen to so-and-so podcast and what do uh, i say number two what do I you say? To say you? Of course not. No. Of course I haven't done that. Of course I haven't done that because there's no, there's no reason to do that in May. I had a friend, uh, real quick, back in Tallahassee. His name's Mike. Um, he used to tell me if I brought up Florida State before July, he would say PTB, pump the brakes, and that just meant he's a fan, but he does not want to talk about this until late July. Uh, and I would, I would not listen to him ever. So. Yeah, you're going to hear it from me year-round. It could be literally the middle of spring, late spring, early summer, and I'm I'm talking football. Well, and this is the time to talk about it. I mean, we are on the cusp of the first game um, on Saturday, 5 p.m. Um, Ryan, I know you're going. I'm going. Uh, as a matter of fact, Ryan and I uh, are going to be tailgating in lot 12. Uh, so if you are going to game this weekend, come on by to lot 12 and say hi to us. Um, I don't know that we'll have any, any logos or anything there, but it'll be very obvious where we are. It'll be a multi-tent setup, um, but we'll be there. And if you want to come by and say hi, that'd be awesome. Um, you know, the Garnet and old, the Garnet and old, uh, momentum is building. So we would love to be able to, uh, meet some of you that, that we don't know, you know, from our past lives or whatever. So that would be great. So if you're coming by to the game, if you're going to be at the game, lot 12, it's right next to, uh, right next to the tennis complex is that lot. So looking forward to seeing some folks there. Yeah. And this year, you know, like you said, we, uh, we will be tailgating. We are also not only boosters, but we are both season ticket holders. Um, so we have that, uh, we will be in that lot 12 all year long for, for, at least most of the home games. I'm not sure if we'll make it to every single one, but most at least. So 
that goes apply all for the next uh, couple home games. Absolutely. Come see us at lot 12. Um, I intend to be season ticket holder now continually. So, and I, I assume Vince, you know, the same thing, but really excited. Um, if you're not a booster, you know, and, and you're an alumni, do what you can, you know, even, even if it's a little something, even if you want to donate to rising spear, the NIL, any of those really. help out the athletes. anything that just helps. help out the help out athletics help out the university they need your help i mean you've been you've been hearing all the all the dollar figures being thrown around about the big 10 deal and the sec deal i mean we're behind you know this conference is behind and it's going to be behind for a long time so whatever anyone can do to help that out i mean because money money is what makes all this go so if you can do anything you should do it if you can. So I'm going to throw this up here, Ryan, this would be a good one for you. Look at this. Oh, look, Rachel. Hey, Rachel's listening. Uh, Rachel used to work with both Vince and I. So good to see Rachel. Congratulations. She just recently had her second child, her second so, child, uh, beautiful, very beautiful stuff, kids. Thanks for watching. Um, they're very, they're very uh, serious kids. If you see any pictures of them, they are very serious. Amazing. Hair. Beautiful kids. Hi, Rachel. Miss you. All right, so Vince, uh, before we get off of preseason stuff, tell me who's your number one player in the uh, camp. Well, I was saying a little bit ago, um, I think I think Akeem Dent, and, and it's not so much about you know hearing a bunch of uh, accolades about him during the camp. It's more of the of the progressive growth over the years. Um, you know, he, I believe he was a five star. He might have been like a top fifty player. Uh, coming in and, you know, thrown to the wolves because, you know, for a couple years now, we really haven't had any, any real depth. Um, and, you know, you're a freshman playing a division one school and, you know, you're going to, you're going to take some lumps, but, you know, he's, he's the one for me that I I'm really looking forward to seeing the progress from him this year um, because he's got all the tools where he could be, you know, something really special as the season goes on. For sure. And, and again, we're getting into the season. We're not going to talk LSU this week. I know a lot of you are excited for that LSU Sunday night, Labor Day weekend game, but we're going to, we're going to hold that back till next week. Uh, We're going to do a whole show on LSU preview, but the mighty Duquesne is is coming to Tallahassee. And uh, listen, I was on cruise ship last year when we played Jackson, Jackson state. Yes, you were. <laughs> I literally told Vince before I turned off my cellular signal, like, Hey, at least I'm on a cruise in a game that doesn't matter. I'll, I'll just know the result before I, I can check it when I get home or whatever. And because I'm addicted and I have a problem, I checked it from the, ho- from the uh, ship Wi-Fi. I think at midnight after a day of uh, a lot of fun and just wide eyed. So that being said, not trying yep. to bring up and old then painful you, memories. And then you, uh, then you, texted me a few words that we shouldn't say on the podcast and mm-hmm. and i replied to you and just said ryan go enjoy your cruise and i did and i did so not to bring up a painful memory but i'm not taking any games for granted i do know duquesne is not even as talented as jackson state whatever it is okay i want to see the proof of everything we've been hearing about in the camp before i'm willing to buy into any hype i'm the hype man vince i've been coming out here Every single season, overzealous, right? Not going to do it this year. 
I'm withholding myself because I want to believe. I want to believe everything I hear in camp is true, and we're going to be amazing. But guess what? If we did that, then we would have won 10 games Willie Taggart's first year if we listened to what he said in camp. Now, do I believe we have a little bit more perspective because a lot of the media members are allowed to watch practice now? Yes. So I think that they would not lie based on what their eyes are telling them. If, if we were terrible on practice, I, they have in the past said we're terrible. So tempering expectations, Vince, I'm going to go to you first. What do you want to see? And you can you can talk about, you know, who you want to see perform or, or overall what you want to see from the team. But then end with a score prediction for this Saturday at 5 p.m. Um, so. So what I'm looking forward to seeing is the ability to play a lot of people. And in order for that to happen, we have to have a consistency uh, of scoring points and also holding them. So. And I do believe that's going to happen. Um, that's one of the pain points over the past few years is you, you haven't been able, you, you know, you've got younger guys, uh, but you're not able to, to, you know, get your, get your depth, the reps that they need in a game situation, because you're either, you're either getting blown out or you're trying to come back or you're barely hanging on to win. Uh, so I'm looking forward to seeing and hearing, seeing numbers and hearing names of people that I have no idea who they are. Um, but that, but I'm okay with that not happening until late in the game, uh, because you know there is, you know, I, I think there was a little bit of that mentality in last year's game, where they were trying to be a little too clever. Um, I think you need to come out, set the tone, build up a big lead. If that team scores, don't get, don't, don't let that frustrate you. I mean, this is the first game of the season. I don't, it, I don't care, you know, if they, if you're, you know, if you see them score a bit, uh, especially toward the end of the game, um, that really doesn't matter. What matters is, uh, what matters is the team putting into practice the things that they've been working on. And I think if they do that, then you're going to see probably a score in the neighborhood of, you know, 53 to 10, 53 to 14, maybe. That's what I'm looking for here. And, and I would be perfectly ecstatic with that. Um, we don't need to win 80 to nothing. I don't need to have that. So it's nice uh, when we did against Idaho, but yeah, it is nice. I'm going to throw this one up here real quick, Ryan, before you give your, give your, uh, your spiel there. Chris Cooley, this is a former student of mine from back in the day. Um, watching, he's he's a Gator, but that's okay. It's okay, Chris. You're allowed to. Going? You're allowed to. You're allowed to root for the team that you love. We can't say anything. We lost to them this last year, so I'm going to give. That I'm going to give them. That is listen, true. When you win or lose a rivalry game, you get minimum of one year. To talk about it. I have Absolutely. Miami friend, uh, friends, and guess what? They can say whatever they want about Mario Cristobal, and all I say is 4th and 14, and they, sure. they can't Band say spike. anything. So guess what? Uh, when we uh, lost to the Gators this past year with a uh, phantom onside kick that we didn't even touch the ball with a foot. Oh, man, I had I forgotten all about credit. that. Thanks a lot, Ryan. My plus, see, there's the, that's the memory coming back. You know what I mean? We just 
we just talked about that. So he your score was ball. what, 50, 53 to 10? <laughs> he missed the ball. Oh, my goodness. Plus. 53 to 10, though, is your score? Yeah, I'll say 53 to 10, yeah. Okay. What I want to see is, I, I think, actually the opposite of you, because you want to see basically, you know, us do well enough to get the young guys from playing time and get some experience, right? Like, like you're supposed to do. What I want to see is the newcomers, the transfer guys that we've been hearing all about. Jared versus Johnny Wilson, New Span. I want to see these guys do it in a real game. I don't care who the opponent is. If Johnny Wilson goes out and has two catches for 10 yards against Duquesne, I think that's going to tell us a lot that maybe we were a little bit overhyped on him. Now, if he goes out there, uh, here's the thing about the playing a terrible team. If you put up insane number, insane numbers like video game numbers, you can chalk that up to the opponent. But if you don't put up even average numbers, then you might have some questions about the hype you heard around a player. You can't um, win, really, is what you're saying. You can't win. Um, you're well, not going to. You can win in my mind by doing what you're supposed to do, which is going out there and and you know running up the score a little bit and and making some plays. The only way you lose is by not performing well against a team that you should easily play against. So Johnny Wilson should go out there. I'm just being honest in the first two quarters and should have between five and 10 catches for, you know, 90 to 120 yards and a touchdown or more. Um, Jordan Travis should have two to three touchdowns by halftime. If that doesn't happen, then we're going into LSU week on right i'm excited but i'm worried yeah. but if they come out and they there's going to be a little bit of rust there just is there's going to be the guys are going to be overhyped but eventually they're going to settle in ryan and and that's what you want you want them to execute the things that they've been working on and if if and when they do that i think uh the seminal seminal family will be pleased now, what I think the difference maker will be on the team against a team like this that does not take long to get adjusted, I think defense can be pretty effective against an inferior team quickly. I mean, I've seen first game of the year multiple years, you know, throughout the generations of Florida State lore of uh, our defense coming out and pretty much just not having it. And and the other team's not able to do a whole lot. I think it's much harder for the offense to perform well in a first game than the defense. Sure, absolutely. Um, there's a lot more... There's a lot more uh riding on timing and things like that for sure so for a garnet and old first i'm actually going to go a little bit below your score prediction i think almost every time i've i've like had 10 points more than you on every prediction i just think we're gonna win the national championship now um i i would honestly say and this to me is a positive thing keep in mind i'm not saying the score as a negative i'm gonna say 42 to 13 the reason I say 42 to 13, I think you'll get 28 points by halftime with the starters on the team. I think it'll be something like 28 to 6, 28 to 7 at halftime. And you're okay. They've done their duty. Maybe Jordan Travis comes out one more possession after halftime and maybe get, puts it up to 35. But I could see us getting to 35 and it's still 35 to 7. And then us putting in all our backups in. And that team and Duquesne still you know, pushing the ball. And I, I hate when the fans groan in the fourth quarter against a terrible team when you put in like third stringers and the other team's moving the ball. We're like, yeah, 
none of these players have ever played a collegiate football game. And those guys are still running out their starters because they don't have depth like we do at a major power five program. So I actually think 42 to 13, it was a very good score that would make me say, okay, anything's possible against LSU. Now I'm going to do a worst case, worst case, best case. Oh boy. You're hedging your bets now. Best case scenario. Like I think our ceiling would be something like a 55 to three where the defense just literally, they can't do anything against our defense. Jordan Travis has 35 to 42 by halftime. And I think that's possible. Worst case scenario is still a win. But the worst case scenario is where I am worried going to LSU. And that would be something like a 28 to 13, where we win, but we don't really feel great walking out of that stadium. Yeah. Uh, We've had a lot of I don't those. think either well, one of us of would those, feel good. But... Yeah. Neither one of us would feel good about 28 to 13. So let's go with the middle one. Uh, Frank, uh, I like your score, forty-five to twenty. I take similar, that. like I, yeah. Again, that would feel good if we're winning by three touchdowns or more. We're fine. It's the beginning of the year. We don't care. It, you know, let's let's get the win over with. Um, I got another question just, here for you, Ryan. Yeah, there you go, Rachel. Oh, Brian, actually, Brian. So Brian, who's Rachel's husband, um, last time I talked to Brian. He was not a Jordan Travis hater, but he was also not a Jordan Travis spokesperson. Let's just say that. <laughs> he wasn't um, He wasn't touting the Travis train? Yeah, he wasn't on the Travis train. Although I think he likes him. I don't think he thinks he's um, anything more than maybe a, a, an average or above average quarterback. Rachel, you can comment and say agreed. Or, you know, I think I have that right from my memory. What I expected Jordan Travis this year is not Jameis Winston. Um what I expect from Jordan Travis this year is a first-year Christian Ponder type year. More yards than last year because I do think we have better receivers. The only reason I think we're going to have more yards this year is not because Jordan Travis has just miraculously become a Heisman candidate. I think it's because our receivers are going to get open more because we have better receivers and a better offensive line. Absolutely. It's not just I think he, So we'll have more receivers, uh, better better receivers, better offensive line. He'll have more passing yards, more touchdowns. I think he'll have something in the neighborhood of 25 touchdowns, eight interceptions, which is pretty good. I mean, that's enough to put you above average in the ACC. I actually think he'll have less rushing yards than any year he's played uh, because I think he will have more time to throw and will have receivers catching the ball more often. I don't think you'll see nearly as much of a Johnny Menzel. I'm just scrambling around, figuring it out, and trying to run for a first down. And that's a good thing. If we have, if he has less rushing yards this year than any other year before by a couple, like a lot, then that means it was a better year than last year. Do you agree with that? Absolutely. It's hard to, it's hard for people to shake the visions that they have in their mind of the way the quarterback position has been, has been absolutely obliterated at Florida state over the last four or five years. Um, and, and I, I understand it. I mean, uh, that's the way I feel. It's like, oh my gosh, please get rid of the ball as soon as as soon as you get it, just get rid of it, please. Um, but our offensive line is going to be better this year. It's not going to be elite, but it's going to be better. It's going to be it's going to be average, which is way better than it used to be. And so that, in and of itself, will make any quarterback better. And so we have that to look forward to. I do think Jordan Travis has progressed as a passer. Um, 
And that happens when you have time to throw, <laughs> right? And, and of course, his wheels are, you know, that's, he's an elite runner. And, and, and that part of the game um, is going to be tough for other teams to defend. So, yeah, I don't think Heisman, no, absolutely not. But, you know, I, you know, if you, if you hear, if you hear the pundits talk about the quarterbacks, you know, the top quarterbacks in division one, Jordan Travis's name never comes up. I think at the end of the season, his name will be in that mix because, you know, again, they haven't had anything but, you know, mediocrity from our team for years. Uh, And I think Jordan Travis, because of the other things that we talked about is going to be able to show what he's capable of. And and what I like to do when I'm predicting a, uh, our own players is I like to imagine how I would feel if we were playing us and like we were the opponent. Correct. And I can tell you nothing frustrates me more than when we play a quarterback that can like a Malik Cunningham last year at Louisville where it's like, yeah, okay. He can throw a 50 yard touchdown bomb or he can kill us for 20 yards on the, Nobody likes playing those quarterbacks that are dynamic on the ground and have an at least average arm. Uh, see Lamar Jackson when he was, you know, in college, he was not <laughs> the best. He was not, you know, Peyton Manning out there accuracy, but it was frustrating as heck to play Lamar Jackson because you just had to be careful. So yeah, he yeah, was I think much better. He was much better yeah. throwing on the run than he was mm-hmm. in the pocket at that time. Yeah. And yeah, I love this question, by the way, Vince, uh, from Philip. Yep. Uh, how do you pronounce it? Dugas? Dugas. I thought you were saying hey, Dugas, but uh, will That's we very, see very a thousand yard that way? Will we see a thousand yard rusher this year? That's yes. going to be tough, I think. Can I tell you why, Vince? Why I think yes. Um, I think in the first two games, you're going to see pretty much even splits between uh, the running backs. I think you're going to see Treshawn Ward and Trey Benson pretty much 50 50 split. Mm-hmm. But one of those two is going to have a hot hand every, I think in both the games is going to be clearly the number one guy. And I really think in that bye week and going into the, the Louisville game and the rest of the season, Boston college after that and everything, wake forest. I think one of those guys is going to become the primary back getting 65% of the carries. And let's, let's be honest. We say a thousand yards. Like that's, like, oh my God, this giant. How many yards did Dalvin Cook have his final season? Like 2,300? I don't remember, but there were many years in a row where FSU didn't have a thousand yard rusher. So, well, let's just say Dalvin Cook. He had over 2,000 rushing yards his last season. So, even if you cut his yards in half, <laughs> he would still have had a thousand yards. So, it's not impossible, even with two backs that are primarily <laughs> featured. Yeah. Well, I, and the question I ask is, is it better to have a thousand yard rusher or two 600 yard rushers two 700? And, and so I think the running back position, unless you have some elite generational talent, I think you, I think the best thing to do is to split that up anyway. Um, so I think if we are going to get one, it's going to be right around that, but I don't think you're going to see anybody blow past that mark. I mean, I would love to see one thousand yard rusher and one six hundred yard rusher. I mean, I'm sure. just saying, Trey oh, Benson. Yeah. I mean, if you're running, hey, I-, I wish I had a million dollars. 
So Trey Benson, we've heard some things, and uh, I, you know, we we're not saying he's going to be that, but I hope he is. Frank, yeah, Frank lives in uh, oh, Frank lives in a in a less desire in a less desirable part of the state if you are a Florida State fan. Um, yes, and there's a lot of hype there. Apparently, they all got excited about a a stadium drawing that is probably never going to happen because um, the city would have to actually sell the property where that would happen. And I don't I don't know that that's going to happen. So, hey, man, Frank, you know, you and I go way back. We've seen a lot of heartache with that team. Uh, I'm hoping that we continue the good times this year in Honest the rented stadium. Vince. How many years in a row has it been that we've heard that the U is back? They were back with Mario Cristobal. They were back with uh, every coach that ever since 2002, they've been back. So not one time that I've heard anything about Mario Cristobal, even if he's a great coach, until you see what happens on the field. Because let's say they come in with all this hype. What happens when they lose five games in a row? Because like a Nebraska-type season went to Scott Frost with a new coach. They love Scott Frost, but you're telling me Nebraska fans aren't a little worried that Scott well, Frost sure. might not be the guy? So bring it the, can happen to the – it really goes back to events. You can have an amazing coach and just wrong time, wrong team. Wrong time. Yeah, we're – I mean, be honest, we're on the cusp of that, right? I think I think, I think, think Mike Norvell is a great hire, but the situation that he came into at the time that it happened with COVID and everything else just, just stacked the deck against him. And so that would be unfortunate if this year wasn't going to go the way we all hope it does. Um, yeah. I, I got a good question for you, Ryan. Hmm. Okay. Uh, <laughs> that's ridiculous question. Actually, that's the, that's probably the easiest question, right? That is the easiest Gabby's question. Pl- Gabby's playing, uh, playing a hard, hard here. Uh, yeah. You, Gabby came Gabby, up with the name. You. Gabby came up with the name, um, with me being the old part of Garnet and old. So thank you, Gabby, for that. So um, be middle-aged and old. Should be. We were talking about the that team from uh, down south there long enough. This isn't uh, orange and green and old, so let's stick on the let's stick on the Knolls. Okay, here we go. So, so Shannon losses. Yeah. So Shannon says season win loss record. So Shannon wants to know basically uh, what we need to do so it will be semi enjoyable to live in the same house with me. That's what this question is really asking. All right. Do you want to go first? You want me to go first? Um, yeah. So, see, so I'm not going to specifically talk about which games are wins and losses because that can be very tricky depending on where they fall. But I would say I would be satisfied with seven and five. I would be. I, I'm thinking more an eight and four season, but I think seven and five is again an incremental move toward where we need to go. Um, that would keep that would keep the staff intact <laughs> because that's important. Uh, but I, I think there's a there's a better chance of us going eight and four than there is of us going six and six. So. Uh, satisfied seven and five, eight and four more likely. I would be ecstatic with anything over that. I would be, I would be over the moon 
for anything, which is a far cry from the old days. Ready for some controversy? Our first uh, kind of biz- big disagreement here on the Garnet and Old uh, 2022 season. Ryan Ryan is already engraving his national championship ring. No, no national championships. Not even close. Not even not even close to finishing in the Atlantic number one. So let's get that out of the way. I see me being satisfied with us being like the 2010 Florida State Seminoles, where we were not perfect. We had a lot of issues and we had a lot of holes, but we had five to six players that you were like, oh, that guy. These are different. Yeah, he's, he's, he's coming with a little something, something. I think that's where we are. I think at the end of the season, we're going to look back and say, about five to six players were the game changers. And then we bring in with our record, the four and five star guys that, that the 2010 and 11 class brought in. So Vince, See, that's what I'm satisfied Ryan. with. Yeah, yeah. Go ahead and say it. Cause I have something to add to that. Go ahead. Satisfied. The definition of satisfied for me is something I'm, I am feeling good about the season and ready for next season. That's what satisfied means to me. So we might have a little bit different, definition of that minus nine and three because that tells me that we were able to compete again this is not the sec we play boston college and georgia tech and louisville and wake forest vanderbilt and we can't beat those teams i can name sec schools like that too well no but if if we can't beat the also run you know teams of the acc then we have no business talking at all about how we are you know competing in the offseason and we're ready to you know be on this journey to get i mean we've heard a lot of the coaches have been nothing short of confident this season for the first time in the offseason in their interviews the media the way they've talked about the players so based on what i've heard from camp from media and coaches alike nine and three is what i'm hearing based on not what they're they're predicting like wins and losses but what they're explaining to me is happening so what does that look like? If we go eight and four, will I be jumping off a bridge? No. Will I be shocked? No. I will be in a malaise of like, yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's fine. Um, it's unrealistic. Very much, <laughs> that's it'll unrealistic. It'll be very much a, hey, I'm still aboard. I still think Mike, hey, we'll see how he does next year. Maybe maybe we get 10 wins next year. You know, I will still be on the bandwagon just as much as ever I'll be, but I will not be believing that we are on the cusp of being Florida State again. A nine and three record would indicate to me that we are on the cusp of a few freshmen, sophomore, and some transfers coming in from us competing for the ACC Atlantic um, as a first step. That's our first step. Is next year we should be in contention for the ACC Atlantic. And that's not too much to ask for. That's not like me asking no, to win the ACC. I'm not. just saying in contention. But if it's eight and four or nine and three, what you're talking about is 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 going to happen, and that is the recruits that you know we're just missing on. They really want, they really have a desire to possibly come to Florida State, but they just cannot make that business decision because of the way things have been going. You go eight and four or nine and three. Then all of a sudden, you start getting those people that are borderline saying, you know what, 
we're almost there and I'm going to be the piece that gets us there. That's the part that that's, that's what eight and four will get us. That's what nine and three will get us. I don't, you know, I don't think nine and three, it's not impossible, uh, but it is, um, that's a pretty big jump from last year, Ryan. And it's, uh, would have to be a, I mean, that's a significant turnaround. Not that it can't Can I happen. tell you? Not that it can't happen. I'm not going to rain went on your seven parade. And six, if they went seven and six, I would come on here and say, I think it's time for Mike Norvell to have a good day. Well, and I, I can tell you my reasoning than, behind that. More than just you saying that. I think if if um, Willie Taggart can go six and six in a season and go to the Sun Bowl or whatever it was with that team, with James Blackman as your quarterback and all the can- like cancerous players we had on that team, if he can be bowl eligible, then it's not an accomplishment to just barely make bowl eligibility. I got it. I, I mean, I'm, I'm not disagreeing with you on that. And I think you would very much agree with this. I actually think it's likely that we would see a firing at seven and six or worse because of who our new athletic director is and the moves he's already been making. And yeah, uh, the type, I don't agree he's with very you aggressive. On that. I don't agree with you on that. I think seven and really seven and five, uh, is, is, uh, is a lock. He's not going anywhere. Seven and five. But he, you would say he was on the immediate hot seat next year. I, I don't know. I don't know. Again, you know, we're, we're not overflowing with money at our school. So, um, hey, Philip, uh, real quick, uh, yeah. probably should be the <laughs> I had last to throw this one we, up here. This is pretty good. We don't want to go. We don't want to go two hours on a broadcast. So we're still under an hour. We're good. Um, I don't know if that's him asking if he thinks we will go three and zero or what he thinks if we will. Um, he, he's asking no. what we think if we're going to go three and zero. I don't believe we're going to go three and zero against those three teams. No, we will. Oddly enough, and I know this sounds bizarre, I actually feel kind of good about the Clemson game this year because we we competed in that game all the way till the end last year at at Clemson. They just lost. In my opinion, and I told Vince this privately, I think multiple times over the last two years, that I said the day that Clemson loses their defensive coordinator and it goes back to it being Dabo's primary responsibility to run and operate that team and like make new hires, that I think that's the death toll or the beginning of the end for Clemson. That could now be. they still have a ton of talent. That's they what I was gonna say. Talent. When you have that kind of transition, you don't often see the real ramifications of that for a year or two because they have a ton of talent on that team. I think Clemson now, right now, starting this year, and I've told multiple people this, I think Clemson starting this year is like 2016-17 Florida State when, when, when Jimbo started kind of letting things, you know, things were happening that, that were not usual. And you, we still won games. We won 10 games, and people forget. We won 10 games in, in 2016. We went to the – we beat Michigan. And then we came in number two in the preseason, and we went seven and six the next year. So I don't – I'm not calling for a win against Clemson. I don't think we'll beat Clemson. I am more confident that we'll beat Florida than Miami this year because I think Florida – I'm if there's any coach I'm not sold on, <laughs> okay, uh, yeah, Gainesville, you guys have fun with that. Um, I really think that's their Willie Taggart hire, just my opinion. Uh, you can compete in a conference like that, and you can not recruit, and I will be thrilled. For the for the Gators, I'm thrilled who you hired as your coach. I'm so happy for you guys. 
Mario Cristobal, I do think, is a good coach, and I do think it'll be a close game with us. And that mm-hmm. is a 50. Miami and Clemson, to me, are 50-50 or close to 50-50 games. I could see it going either way. I think Florida is a, is a W. I'm going to say 2-1 and one in those three games. And Miami and Florida? Yeah. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. Um, but, you know, keep in mind that uh, it could also not be, <laughs> depending on how the season plays out, right? Right now, I'd say two and one. I'd say two and one. I, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not enamored with Miami's team at all. Um, they've got, you know, they, they, they have as much, uh, inconsistency and depth problems as we have had, right? And Florida's got, you know, brand new coach that's not coached at this level. Um, so two and one, I'll go with that. And if we and if we are two and one in that, I'll take that right now. If you're going to say two and one, and I'm not even going to tell you which teams they are, I'll take that right now. Two and one is how we get to nine, my nine and three. I mean, that's what's going through yeah, my head. For sure. Um, so to wrap it up, I know we're you know we're going on about an hour, which by the way is kind of like just for you guys listening. Uh, probably usually our cap for an episode of Garden Old, we try to keep it an hour or less. Um, but really excited about the upcoming season. I do think there's a lot of hope. I do think there's a lot of optimism. We're going to save all the LSU talk for next week. I think we have no idea what the team is until we watch them. We won't know a lot after you came, but we'll know a little bit more. Uh, we'll be able to be a little bit more informed. So. Uh, thank you all. I do want to say thank you for everyone watching. I mean, I, I don't know about this. Vince, is the but first we've time we've more done comments. This. Yeah, this is the first way time more comments than I thought we would have. Yeah, and one more questions, and it made it a lot more fun and engaging. And we hope that continues. But please, if any of you out there are still watching on Facebook, and next week we'll be on YouTube Live as well. Um, please look us up on your podcast app of choice, uh, Garnet and Old, and subscribe, like, leave a review. It really helps us show up on the higher parts of the list when you search for FSU podcasts, things like that. Um, we really want to grow our podcast just for, I want to peel back the curtain, Vince. I would say both me and you by the end of last season, would you say we were actually pleasantly shocked, but we had almost 200 listeners. I, you know, this, this idea that there is an audience for everything is absolutely true. The internet makes that possible. So, but yes, I was shocked. I was pleasantly shocked because there's really, it really started out with Ryan and I back and forth bantering about stuff. And, and there are people that, uh, that enjoyed it. So here we are, right? Um, tell all your friends, uh, if you've enjoyed it, let them know where to find it. Um, and again, if you are going to be at the game this weekend, come by lot 12, Ryan and I'll be there, um, with family as well. Um, enjoying the first game. It'll probably be 118 degrees. Um, so, but uh, we're used to that, right? We're used to that in August. Um, so we're looking forward to seeing some folks there as well. And Ryan, are, we are going to do a, a quick live thing from from the uh, tailgate, right? Yeah, so for you, those of you watching now, if you're on Facebook, uh, come Saturday, probably a few hours before the game, we're going to do a, not a long one, but a live broadcast, just kind of give you a feel of the atmosphere. Some of you may have not been to a game in a long time. Some of you may have never been to a game. Uh, we're going to do a quick broadcast. Uh, shout out to Dennis, who just left a comment. Dennis, we love you. Um, we're going to do a live broadcast, Facebook Live, and um, 
maybe answer a few questions. But yeah, we just want to kind of show you guys what our setup is. I'm pretty excited about our tailgate setup, Vince. I, I don't want to talk it up too much. We are not I amateurs. I think we're going to be a pretty good one. Yeah, we're not amateurs anymore. We're not amateurs. So we are going to have a good time. Looking forward to seeing you there, Ryan. Uh, and hopefully see some of you all there. But if not, uh, make sure you tune in. Um, Ryan and I, this is, this is our passion. And hopefully that's coming through. Uh, and as the season goes on, hopefully we'll have a lot more positive, passionate things to talk about. So that I think that wraps us up, Ryan. Garnet and old. Yeah. Yeah, everyone have a great uh, Wednesday and a great day tomorrow. Uh, for those of you who have to go to work tomorrow, I'm sorry. Um, for those of you like me who work at home, you know, it's, it's not bad. Uh, but I do want to say thank you work. guys all for listening. The Garnet Old Podcast. No inside information. No contacts. No, no contacts. Problem. No problem. Thanks, we'll guys, for guys listening. Have a great night. SEC, Florida State, Florida State, your brothers, your team, your heartbeat. We some dogs. We ain't no puppies. <laughs>